1: There are no Shrek memes in Star Trek. Obviously, the original series premiered decades before Shrek was even created, and it's science fiction it reflects a contemporary vision for the future more than it accurately forecasts trends and events. For instance, the Golden Age pulps imagined square-jawed heroes jaunting around the solar system in spaceships, but never saw the internet coming. And so it is that the crew of the Starship Enterprise appears content to use the holodeck for G-rated Sherlock Holmes cosplay, while even YouTube kids' content today gets way weirder than that. But what would a holodeck riddled with 24th century memes and Ferengi porn even look like? Hell, forget the 24th century. What do you think the big memes of 2024 will be? Memes, more than any other piece of media, embody the hyper-accelerated nature of our reality. TV today might have bigger budgets and more tightly arced narratives, but it's still video entertainment same as it was in the 1980s. But memes are an internet unto themselves, a hypertext of referential formats and remixes whose endless permutations have become their defining feature. Like sharks, memes must constantly move forward or else perish. For every self-sustaining, Shrek-like mega-sigil, there are countless dead and decaying memes trapped in layers of internet archive history, Useful, perhaps, to future archaeologists seeking to differentiate between the Gangnam-style Olithic and the late Dat Boy era. Whoa, did I just make a Dat Boy reference? Oh shit, what up? But if looking to the future of memes is inherently challenging, finding memes in the distant past is far more fruitful. What were once slowly evolving symbols, occupying the spaces of myth, language, religion, culture, and civilization we can now easily recognize as proto-memes. A priest and a rabbi walk into a bar, format jokes, early Christian symbols like the Icathus fish, and hell, even cave paintings can now all be reconstituted as memes. Which makes the alchemical emojis and esoteric inside jokes kept alive by secret societies feel more like contemporary internet culture and, flipping and inversing that idea, Renders contemporary meme culture as a form of digital magic, which is where today's guest, Oaks the Green, comes in. Oaks the Green is a meme magician, a curator and creator whose memes bridge the divide between ancient Gnostic texts and the everyman angst of the Wojak. As memes about magic are reconstituted as magic memes in a hyper meta sequence of self-reference, it's easy to get lost. But Oaks is there to offer a guiding light, probably in the form of yet another meme. Oaks can be heard on the Pondercast, a podcast which pulls its name from the popular Ponder the Orb meme, seen on Instagram and Twitter at Oaks the Green, and sought after in his own meme-centric discord, Chapel Perilous. Heck, Oaks the Green even appearing on this podcast, is a meme of sorts an idea that grew out of the chapel perilous discord and manifested as a legion of instagram meme slangers DMing me to say hey man you should have oaks the green on your podcast so like words made flesh these memes are made manifest in the episode you're about to hear as oaks the green and i put on our pointy caps and together we ponder how to make memes magic oaks the green Welcome.
0: Hey, I'm happy to be here, Devin. Thanks for having me, man.
1: Thanks for joining me in ritual space. What's our magic word going to be?
0: Our magic word? Let's make the magic word
1: memetic. Ooh, mimetic. All right. That's what so, I want to
0: talk about today as well.
1: That's, that's, <laughs> wow. So on the count of three, you and I and everyone who ever listens to this are going to say the word out loud. One, two, three. Memetic. memetic. Beautiful. All right. So how did you get into memes, Oaks? Well, that's a great
0: question. It's honestly more did uh, you know, how did memes get into me? I, at mm. a young age, I recall always saying to everyone, my teachers, my colleagues, my parents, uh, they didn't really understand it at the time, but I would always say everything is a meme. And mm-hmm. I guess that was sort of my juvenile way of expressing the sort of hermetic principle of mentalism, right? Everything is... Psychological, everything is consciousness, and I, I've been asphyxiated with that before I even had the ability to explain it fully. And I, I think, like my my journey of you know, I have a background in academia. I've a I've studied psychology, linguistics, and uh, I've done a lot of research pertaining to psycholinguistics. Mm-hmm. And it's always been to understand, you know, trying to explain memes and how they function. Because I, 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 the way that I look at memes is they're the most important thing for everything. I think they're more important than, you know, uh, you know this life. Because th- the meme is like what it transcends through every life. It is the connecting web of the divine. That's how I see memes. And I, I, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But I, I, I hold memes in a very high regard in my, in my personal belief.
1: How do you define memes?
0: Well, there's there's many ways to define memes, and I always like to use the framework of uh, you know of the selfish gene in mm-hmm. Richard Dawkins' book. And I, I don't really agree with this definition, but I think it's a great starting place for people that have never looked at memes in this light, in this divine, magical light. Um, and I think it's a meme is a one unit, one cultural unit, and it's like sort of in the in the book, The Selfish Gene. Richard Dawkins lays out this framework where he d- he draws parallels between you know, culture to a biological organism and a gene, which is one unit of genetic information would be synonymous to that of the, the meme, which is one unit of cultural information. Mm-hmm. So in a very, I guess, rational and, uh, you know, systematic me- mechanistic worldview, that's how I would describe a meme. But, uh, if you were to ask me, you know, in a, in a, in a woo sense, in a spirit, if I were to put my wizard hat on and tell you what a meme is, uh, I would say that it's the, it's ineffable. You know, the meme is what can be named of the eternal Tao that cannot be named. The meme is the closest you can get on the border of the, the the formless becoming formed. And the meme is that streamlined in this extremely interactive and highly competitive environment that is the internet.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think that idea of a single unit of culture is is both True is not the right word, but it's both like it's on point, but it's also incredibly misleading because if you think about letters, letters are symbols that represent a sound or, you know, array of options of sounds. But Mm -hmm. letters only really make sense in combination as words. It's the reference to the other things that gives them their actual meaning and power. And I think memes are the same way. Um, I've been fascinated by how hyper referential memes are, and they remind me of nerd shirts that you would find at like a Spencer's Gift where it's you know it's like a parody of Doctor Who but with Super Mario and you're like oh I have to know what Doctor Who is and Super Mario in order to get this and now Mm -hmm. it's like we have memes where you have to like understand that it's juxtaposing two different memes and then also talking about a third thing to like Mm -hmm. understand what the hell's going on so uh, oh yes the way
0: that that memes are defined now are we're escaping the sort of postmodern landscape of the sort of the subjective and then the objective, the other, the outside, the external, that is the objective. And then connecting them is the individual's interpretation. That is the bridge between the subjective and the objective, if you're studying philosophy or art history. Now, I believe due to the technological advancements that have allowed for the rapid exponential acceleration of the rate in which information travels, we are now seeing the beginning of what I would describe as meta-modernism,
1: which is sort Ooh, of... Oh, I like that. Yeah. that's.
0: It, it, it's this idea that there is the individual, right, to the subjective in the postmodern sense. And it's the bridge that binds the subjective into the real, the objective, the external. That is no longer just an interpretation, but much more of a sort of spiral of cyclical irony that never fully makes it to the objective, right? The objective is an ineffable. It is the Tao. It is what cannot mm-hmm. be described. It is what c- cannot be named. And then the cyclical irony is like you uh, you know, you're trying to you're trying to describe it and the best you can do is make a meme. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That it's um I think that's a great way to put it that like when faced with the ineffable, you end up with something that is uh, a dodge and you kind of get those like buddhist koans where um what is what is the buddha dried shit stick like that that feels like very much like a meme to me of it's it's a joke and then by getting the joke you're getting closer to that ineffable which is similar to how i appreciate wizardry mm-hmm. as well
0: and the ability to get the joke using the term that, you know, how you just described it, the ability to get the joke, quote unquote, that is your ability to vibe. And people mm. can vibe at different degrees. If someone is like, it's a vibrational thing, right? So if someone's a low, if they're low vibe, it's like they're 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 only getting like the surface level of the meme, right? Think of like a Facebook meme where it has like the minions, um, you know, that, say that's the meme. It's like, you'll see a boomer who'll see that meme. And they'll be like, "Oh my gosh, that meme is so funny and cute, and it has the little minions that my kids love." And oh my gosh, I'm going to share this. And then you have the 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 child of the new eon. You have the the iPad baby Zoomer Generation Alpha, right? These little aliens. That I'm only 22, so I, I'm I'm on the cusp of it. I, I see myself as like the in between of the the old world and the new world to come. And yeah. you have one of these children. They see the minion meme and they're like it's it's multidimensional it's there's the irony between behind the minion being sort of a dead meme but then also the them being aware that the boomer finds that mo- that meme funny for whatever reason but then also there's all these different variants that are all impossible to fully describe and that is the the thought process of the the new child the new the new you know generation
1: I think you are so on point there, and I uh, I think what's fascinating with that example of the Minion Boomer meme is that the memes themselves have strategies, and what we're seeing right now on Facebook, which I consider to be sort of a, a like a whale fall, it's like a bloating, rotting mm-hmm. carcass. of It's got a different ecosystem now than it had when it was young and it was healthy, and mm-hmm. the top content is those like kind of gotcha boomer bait things where I remember one that was insanely viral was like the only words with two E's in a row in the English language are tree and something else. Uh, prove me wrong and then of course like everyone comments because there's a fucking million words with two e's in a row and, and then it's
0: gained and then it's and then it's gained favor by the algorithm and exactly, cast it upon the ocean exactly yes, it's, it's off, for,
1: off the sale and so that is kind of like a virus in a sense that has a function oh yeah and an older population with no immunity is like you know falls for it every time whereas yeah, the young a babe in the woods is indoctrinated by some level of irony and awareness and is like yeah i'm not going to share this <laughs> like <laughs> well
0: it, it's the younger generation due to their exposure and, of the internet during their formative years they've they're well versed in the world of based and cringe they've yes. they've they've had to swim through the river of cringe to make it out based, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the Achilles heel. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's like the Zoomers, they have their battle scars. They've, they've, they've shared their fair share of cringe on their their feed and had to pay the punishment for doing so of their social credit going down amongst their peers. Mm-hmm. They've lost mm-hmm. followers, right? <laughs> and the boomer, they're, they're immune to all of that because they're still existing in the, the old world, right? They're still using Facebook. Um, they don't understand that all the memes are over on Instagram now.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, it, it it continues to move. Like, I don't really do much with TikTok because I I don't have a lot of time where I just sit and look at my phone. Exactly. With sound I, I, on. I, see,
0: I, I'm 22 years old and I'm unable to use TikTok. That is, my hardware is not caught up to me to be able to uh, enjoy that the same way that my, those who are younger than me do. You know, for me, I, I'm much more analog. I don't like the, I don't, I don't go for TikTok. I think TikTok is like a, I don't know. I see TikTok as like a, it's like a virus. It's not, Mm -hmm. and all memes, they, as you were saying, like they all have these survival instincts. Um, they all have these things that are evolutionarily given to them. And I, I see TikTok as a, you know, it's highly chaotic. It's like a, it's like the primordial soup where life originated. Um, but it's, it's just so hostile and the effect that it takes on your psyche, it's not worth me giving up
1: to be able to experience. So, you know, maybe I'll change my mind in a few years. And, and I think the time exchange feels weird to me. Like, you know, I mean, I know I, 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 have made memes before. Like it takes a moment to fucking open a drawing program and find a cool image and like put some text on it. But that's different than making an edited choreographed video. And mm-hmm. then the speed at which TikTok moves, it's like your hit video is going to give someone 30 seconds of pleasure and then they'll forget about it. And, it mm-hmm. you know it's like so much of your life energy to create something that is just so
0: Fleeting. Quickly and it, fleeting yeah. exactly
1: exactly fleeting. Yeah. so the, the memes
0: part. that are generated on tiktok are not long lasting uh they're not to build a foundation on it's almost like tiktok is like hyper capitalist it's hyper consumerist it's like you know they can their business model is we can generate this music to be trendy and then everyone will do a dance and a video and then all of this for this one song and then you see how it affects like the billboards one top 100 i mean all the songs nowadays that are popular with the youth mm-hmm. are all meme songs oh, yeah. it's all about how well they can meme how, you know can someone make a 10 second dance to the song
1: and i think you're so right where it's like it's that primordial soup and it's um the ideas move through it so um there's this great book called microcosmos and it talks about single cell life and one of the interesting things that i was so uh, fascinated to learn is that sex and reproduction are not the same they just happen to be combined in most animals and humans but sex is the exchange of genetic information and so what viruses and other things can do is they can exchange genetic information without having to reproduce so mm-hmm. you can have a mutation that moves through a population of viruses and they're all like whoa, well, that's a cool idea let's do that instead of oh that you know that virus has it and if he has more babies then those will have it like it can spread differently and that's the way that tiktok works is there's all of these different tiktokers and a new editing effect or a new dance or a new song just moves through that community and they all absorb and adapt to it
0: Mm -hmm. and they're all they're all chasing the dragon that is their five seconds of fame right they'll be able to unlock the privileges to go live on tiktok and sell NFTs or whatever it is they're doing nowadays, I don't know. I'm so, I'm slowly becoming a boomer, so I don't I don't know right. what these these young kids are doing on their Roblox servers. I, I'm not I'm not that familiar with it.
1: And I'm in my early 300s, so I'm a little bit older than you, but um I'm curious for your perspective because I feel like in the last I don't know 3 to 5 years i feel like there's been a shift on social media where it has explicitly gone from hey here's this platform for you to promote your thing and you have a thing that you're trying to do and you're using this platform as a tool to promote it and instead the platform is the game and you're trying to figure out how to appease the algorithmic god and curry favor and basically you're like you you devolve into a bunch of superstition trying to figure out mm-hmm. what makes tiktok or instagram or twitter happy
0: Mm -hmm. no that's exactly what it is you're learning how to the the tango with the algorithm you must learn how she dances how she moves you know it's uh, and i think people are going to get tired of playing that game i think that as the as we further down into this shift into rapid technological advancements and the the rate in which information is spreading is going to continue to accelerate exponentially I, i think people are going to get very tired of the algorithm or maybe they'll 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 have their favorite algorithm in this decentralized way it'll be like e-dating where you'll you'll go on various different platforms to find the algorithm that treats you nicely and cherishes you and values you but right now due to this sort of uh top-down monopoly over all of our our cyber techno algorithmic mothers or girlfriends uh you know they're cruel to us they they'll delete my posts and not even take a a support claim as to why it was deleted or anything like that so Mm -hmm. you know there's there's definitely some uh there's a power differentiation in the current relationship between the creator the magician and the, the the algorithm the sorter the the parasocial
1: so when in your journey did you start uh actually participating in making memes was this something that you did you know oh, from- I've,
0: it, it runs in my blood let me yeah. tell you like uh <laughs> I've always made memes like when I was a kid I was like on so many different forums for various online communities and I would always be the memer like that's how I would get you know, pot, that's how I would get my clout back on the uh, the Zeno forums back in the yeah. day. Is I would, uh, you know, I would make memes, and it's like it was always super simple. And it's like I've always been interested in, you know, the first thing I did whenever I got internet was I uh, I legally obtained a, a copy of Photoshop, Adobe Photoshop, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I just wanted to learn how to make memes with it. And it's like that's what I did from when I was like eight until I was like, f- you know, I'm still doing it now. So. <laughs> but uh i've always loved making memes and it even runs in my my family like my my dad he he's retired now he's always making you know the memes about things on facebook or he'll be in a facebook group and something happens and he'll go to uh you know imgur.com and make a quick little meme and upload yeah. it or you know he'll make little political memes about joe biden and donald trump and uh you know it's 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 something that i think uh you know i i think it's in my my blood it's in my my family they're all you know, we're all kind of bantery people. And I think memes are just the next way of expressing that kind of quick-witted humor.
1: So then let me ask you, when did the magic get into your memes? Or was that always there from the jump as well?
0: Oh, well, I think I've always seen, I've seen memes as magic as synonymous for as long as I've been alive. I've seen it's you know, they say that there's magic in Hollywood, right? Like there's this Hollywood Disney magic. Mm-hmm. And it's what memes have done is they've given that magic to the individual. Everyone, if they know what they're doing, can become a, a magician now with the use of memes and the algorithm. You're you're shaping your spells using all of these different sigils and all of these different uh, components, and then you're you're th- you know you're it's like uh, you're throwing it out the window and hoping that it will catch wind and fly and grow wings and touch the lives of others. So, uh, I think memes. It, it, it's alchemical as well. You know, you're, you're taking the golden nuggets inside of your mind, right, your soul, mm. and you're using this alchemical process to essentially achieve immortality by... You know your creations onto the web, right?
1: But it's a very funny form of anonymous immortality. Like we consume so much content today, and even if it has like a Twitter handle visible in it, like I don't know who that person is. I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, like well, who, who
0: made Pepe, right? Very few people know the creator of Matt Pepe, right. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Very few people know that, right? And there's there's millions of memes that have no name that are in the collective unconsciousness as we speak, right? All of these nameless you know your identity i don't believe is it's it ties to the alchemical roots like in the in the origins of alchemy all of the alchemists they would use pseudonyms or be anonymous because they feared for their lives of the things they were writing right the inquisition right, right. they didn't want to be sent to the gallows so they would write under a pseudonym and we're seeing that revival with meme culture now right everyone has their tag everyone has their at mm-hmm. you know and you find them there they're, they're, the, the identity that the government gave them has very little value in the digital world
1: What, like, it's interesting because, you know, I'm pretty anti-NFT, but at some point we might end up with a system where these things do have tags that follow them throughout the infosphere, and you can really get a metric of, like, what is your most shared thing, but now with the way that things are snatched and moved, like, you know it's not like your original post just keeps getting those those metrics it, it it jumps from platform to platform um do you know what your most shared meme is do you have one that you feel like has kind of escaped the bounds of of gravity and and gone into a different level <laughs> well see there's layers
0: to it there's many memes that I have made that circulate the internet and uh, there's it's always nice when I see them but it's it's like when you've made so many memes, you've just left, you know, I know many people that do the same thing that I do. Like they see this sort of magic in memes and they, they dedicate, you know, a time to data, to creating a certain number of memes and putting them out there all anonymously. You know, using mm-hmm. image boards, using anonymous websites, using, uh, you know, Scandinavian uh, basket weaving forums. Sure. And, uh, you know, it's all about just getting it out there. And I'll see things that I made circulate on Facebook years later or a version of it or an augmentation or an adaptation of it. And it's like that's just part of the game. You know, it, it's, I don't know, you know, I don't want to say a specific meme that I've made, but it, it certainly happens. And uh, if you follow my Instagram accounts, there's many, you know, people think there's layers to it. It's a labyrinth of uh, memetic connections and associations. And, uh, you know, I, I do it for passion. That's why I'm against NFTs as well. I think NFTs defeat the fun of the meme because I don't believe that, uh, you know, I it's, it's trying to capitalize this divinity. I think... Uh, trying to make money off of the meme just based off of the meme is it's like, it's, that's like, it's slaughtering my sacred cow. You know, it's like, you're coming yeah. to my land and you're defiling the things that I take holy.
1: Which is really awesome. Cause I think that's like, I've, I've been so disgusted with the way that influencer is now the aspirational goal. And <laughs> it's like, I miss punk rock. I miss this feeling of like, fuck that. Don't sell out. It's supposed to be underground. It's supposed to be weird. It's not supposed to make you money. Um, mm-hmm quick story uh when i was like first becoming a wizard i was trying to figure out how to articulate it and i had a you know day job at an office and i realized that i was like oh like i'm going to d- start making memes every day as a way to kind of just like have fun bang out something that i'm you know stealing time at work to do and to kind of uh, articulate this and so i was calling them personisms and they were you know they're not like great memes by any stretch of the imagination but i would put my little website url somewhere in it and one day, I made this meme. It was like when all the flat earther stuff was really big, and I was thinking about the the turtle from Discworld. And so I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's a funny idea." And so I made this meme that said, "Of course the Earth is flat. How else would it stay on the turtle?" And it just like uh. there was no room for that URL. Like it just like it looked like shit. So I left it off. And then that was the one that went crazy viral. And I've actually
0: I've seen that meme before.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it got to the point where it, um, someone years later sent it to me, and it was a different image, but the same joke that was mm-hmm. on a t-shirt that some internet company was selling. And then literally like this last weekend, I was with some friends in New York that are big Discworld fans, and I was telling that story. And when I finished telling the story, they all look at each other smiling. They're like, he has that shirt. His mom bought it for him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> see, the, the memes, they've created an interface to connect the webs
0: of life that were previously still there, but much harder to identify due to the geographical centralization and localization. Now it's everything is interconnected through this shared culture of the, the meme. Well, it transcends I mean, I, language. It transcends culture. It transcends the individual
1: identity. The thing that's so fascinating is that it's... Um, Its origins, I think, are very much in humor. Like before, there there was an informal network of memes that was passed orally in terms of, hey, have you heard this joke? You know, and like those were passed along. And for the most part, I think even across different subcultures, most memes are trying to be funny, at least to some extent. Like, I don't know of a category of memes that are just like purely dramatic or i guess there's ones that are a little oh. bit more like angry oh,
0: you're see this uh, the algorithm is shaping your interest there's certainly there's certainly online communities out there that strive to make memes that are catering to a wide variety of emotions or complexes or, or whatever you know what i mean uh, yeah. but uh there's a there, you know uh, the happy man sees happy memes the sad man sees sad memes mm. you know what kind of memes do you want to see the world it's an endless Uh, reflection, right? It's the black, it's the black mirror that we're staring into. And you can see your reflection. And it's, you know, if your reflection is that of a happy meme, you will see the happy memes, because even in some memes, you know, the interpretation of the meme is on the individual. So someone may see a meme, and uh, they might think it's the saddest meme they've ever seen. And then if you know, you might see a meme and think it's hilarious. It's all about interpretation and perception.
1: No, I I think that's a very valid point. But I think it's also it's not happy it's humor that I'm saying because even you know even like an angry lefty anti-work like everything Mm -hmm. is trauma like meme page I still think like the the joke is often like how sad and fucked up I am but I feel like there's often a joke in it to some Mm -hmm. extent.
0: Well it's it's the Dionysian energy of the internet. Like the internet is innately chaotic um Mm -hmm. in how it functions and the best way, right? The best medicine to navigate this sort of insanity is a sense of humor, because otherwise you will just be squirming and flailing in the eyes of the divine, in the eyes of God. So it's it's probably best to develop a sense of humor, and I, I think that's what the uh, the universe has done to to cope with all of the atrocities that have surely taken place on this uh, realm. So I, I believe the you know the the gods, the divine, the Tao, whatever you want to call it, it certainly has a sense of humor. And the internet is certainly a manifestation of that. And, uh, you know, (laughs) so you learn to laugh, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Now, I think one of the things that's fascinating is that that distinction between consumer and producer has gotten fuzzier and we're all trying to be content creators in one way or another. But Mm -hmm. for the average internet user who is not busting out Photoshop and making memes, maybe they use something like Imgur and they, uh, you know, make a funny... Thing. that's an inside joke for their work slack or something pretty sure simple but you are part of a network of meme magicians that are actively working and sharing can you tell me more about that and how it came about
0: yeah so i created an online community called chapel perilous um and that's that's what we refer to ourselves as and it's basically like a you know it's a community of people that all understand the the magic and memes and we all we all seek to share our resources with one another right it's it's very decentralized like we don't we don't try to push certain memes. It's more of like, you know, I created this asset if anyone would like to make their own mutation of it for their own mm-hmm. meme, right? Things like that. And it's it's like a, it's a gathering of meme magicians and content creators all expressing themselves because I think that's a lot of where the magic is within memes and the beauty of it is that everyone can express their own vision, their own reality tunnel. They can they can toss that into the soup and see, you know, where it goes. If it grows wings and flies, if it if mutations spawn from it and it's so it's a, it, right now we're on a Discord community and you can if you're interested in this kind of stuff you can find it on my my website which is uh ponderingcast.com and we've got a link to the Discord there and we do one we one thing that we do every week that's uh entertaining uh to the outside world if you're if you're more of a spectator right if you don't want to create memes but just appreciate them uh every week on uh Friday at 7:30 p.m. CST we host what we call Meme Club And essentially, we go live on YouTube, on the Chapel Perilous YouTube channel, and we have a a bracket every week of meme creators that go one-on-one, face-to-face, and they create a meme on the spot while sharing their screen. And then at the end, after 15 minutes, the audience votes the winner, and the winner proceeds to the next round of the bracket. And we we keep it going every week with new uh, competitors. So it's a a little meme competition. And then what I've often found through Meme Club is the meme that wins that week has a you know, it does very well on the algorithm because it's been it's been concentrated and condensed through these filters of mimetic mm-hmm. creation and influence. So you know, it, it's kind of like you know, I think the future of the internet once we break down from this uh, this he- heavy monopoly that we're seeing now with you know Facebook and Twitter and all this nonsense and Reddit. Once this uh, once there's a decentralization, I, I think the the uh, you know the, what I foresee in my crystal ball when I ponder right is I see that. Uh, you know the internet's going to look a lot like this it's going to be it's going to be platforms that are centered around the competition of making viral memes that are resonating with the collective unconsciousness for whatever reason and that is the art of meme making is being able to read is being able to swim in the vast ocean of the collective unconsciousness like a scuba diver and you're swimming down going deeper and deeper and you see the treasure chest and you can only grab like a handful of gold before you run out of air and you got to swim back up and mm-hmm. that 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 process is like the alchemical Nature of mimetic creation—it's taking the gold nugget that exists inside of all of our, 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 our uh, you know, our spirit, our you know, and taking that and transmuting it into something that can be enjoyed by others through connecting it to the symbols and the archetypes of the collective unconsciousness.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the core of the creative act. Is uh, I always think of it—it's like we have this weird basement that's kind of vast and full of junk, and we start to go down there and poke around, and we find things, and then we realize that the same way that. You know, if you had friends that were the same age as you and their parents were more or less the same age as your parents, you might have similar junk in the basement. If you both went around and explored in those basements, there would be like, oh, there's a Billy, big mouth Billy Bass, you know, like there's <laughs> mass produced products. And that's where I think we end up with these things where a generation starts going, man, you know, what's kind of funny is Shrek. They made a lot of Shrek crap. And then the more that joke goes, <laughs> the more it gets a life of its own and then becomes its own. um, hyper-sigilized reference point Mm
0: -hmm. it becomes an egregore
1: an egregore exactly yeah exactly and so i'm curious um to get a little bit uh meta in our meme magic uh this last fall there was a meme going around that i'm i'm sure you're aware of because you named your podcast after it but the pondering the orb um i'm looking over at one of my altars where i have several orbs sitting there right now and so I'm curious just what you, your thoughts were about this, because uh, obviously as a public facing wizard, I got sent literally every permutation of it as it came out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, that meme has a special place in my heart because on uh, a few of my meme accounts, I was making a lot of like OC relating to the orb and it like gained me like a lot of followers. So it, it always has a special place in my heart um, for that reason. And I just the power of it and how it resonates with me, because I've always, you know, You know, I've always considered myself kind of like the, you know, the wizard archetype. Like that's always been the thing that I've related to is like sort of like the wizard, sort of like the the, the jester somewhere in between those two. (laughs) So I've always liked, you know, the idea of wizards and uh, all that magic stuff. And that meme, it actually originates from the Lord of the Rings card game. That image, you know, Mm -hmm. it it originates from the Lord of the Rings card game that was made in, I believe, 1985. And it's, it's Solomon, or I I think it's Solomon. It's, it's one of the wizards from Lord of the Ring. I'm uncultured, um, <laughs> but
1: Sormon, Sauron, yeah, yeah, Solomon's the the Jewish guy with the the goesha.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh it's got him on there, and he's you know he's pondering the orb. And I think the reason why that meme sparked so much in the collective unconsciousness, in terms of how viral it went, is because we all are pondering our orbs every day, and we don't even realize it. We're all staring at the black mirror mm-hmm. in our pocket, right? Our cell phone, our computer we're all staring at this black screen and pondering it similarly to how our ancestors and our, you know, those who came before us did with the use of crystals.
1: Well, I think, I think you're exactly spot on. And there's an inversion in there as well of, I think something about the wizard archetype is resonant. That's obviously why I am who I am. But then I think that idea of pondering the orb, there's actually not, you know, there's no image in the orb. He's not clearly looking at something and Ah. so I think it harkens back to a more open form of pondering and it's like oh I'm here consuming just the wave of content that's a fire hose into my face that is the internet wouldn't it be nice to just like ponder an orb you know to just return
0: back to tradition
1: exactly (laughs) and to kind of just like relax and you know it's like in a world where every radio station's playing at full volume all the time. It's like, ah, silence. That sounds nice. But I also think people are just fucking vibing on Wizards and it's kind of as simple as that.
0: Yeah, no, people are vibing on Wizards and it's long overdue. It's, been, it's a meme that's been fermenting for a while and that you know that's kind of why uh, I've always been in all of my online personalities that I've had and different personas and characters and whatnot. I've always, the one thing that's been consistent is I've always been a wizard. That's always been my thing. And so it kind of was perfect. And it was like this, this, you know, for me, the pondering meme going viral was like me being like, well, you know, I've had this idea for a podcast for a while, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to call it the pondering cast and I'm just going to, you know, explore new ideas and, you know, a different, I, you know, that's what I'm all about. Like I, I I'm not a believer, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like I, I have different hunches and some are stronger than others, but I don't like to subscribe to dogma. So it's like the idea of pondering is you're, you know, you're sitting there and you're just letting them all, all the ideas float and you're staring at them as if you're laying down on a grassy meadow, looking at the sky and the different clouds and shapes that are coming by, trying to describe them and make sense of them and project meaning onto them.
1: No, exactly. You know, In the early days of becoming a wizard, I used to constantly ask myself, WWWD, like, what would a wizard do? And doing something that feels in line with that archetypal wizard energy did feel like a respite from the modern world. It felt cool to kind of consciously create my reality and be like, "Ah, oh, I'm gonna smoke some weed and listen to some psychedelic music from the '70s and read a fantasy novel." Like this feels pretty fucking wizardy. Like I'm I'm here for this.
0: <laughs> yes, and it's uh my prediction uh, under my framework that I, I discuss a lot of this on my my podcast and my my Patreon. But it's like, I I believe what we're entering right now, you know, some people refer to it as like the age of Aquarius if they're into like Zodiac and Mm -hmm. astrology. But it's like what we're about to see is, I I think of it as like a techno wizard future. Like it's going to be, you know, the younger generation, they're all going to be little wizards with their, their, their ma- to them it will be magic because they will mm-hmm. not understand. You know, the, the younger generation, Generation Alpha, technology is entirely mystical to them because they don't understand how it works. Right, They, they don't have the same mindset that like a millennial or maybe even a Zoomer has where, you know, they understand how operating systems work. They understand how hardware works, at least at an operational level. So, you know, I think in the coming generations, we're going to see this, you know, this re-mystification of the technology because it's so advanced, it's so powerful, our brains can't make sense of it. So it's going to be akin to magic. And I think all of the younger generations, they're going to have to learn how to use this magic of the internet, of the advancing technological data systems, and learn how to become sorcerers and warlocks. And, you know, and it's going to be like a revival of, uh, you know... And, you know, there's so many different ways you can cut it. It's interdimensional. You know, the younger generation, it's like you're not going to be able to put them in a cage because they're constantly developing and growing and taking in more data and uh, adjusting because of that. So I I see the future being very wizard centric. I I think that, you know, I think you've been majorly ahead of the curve with all of this. And I have no doubt that, you know, in 10 years, you're going to have uh, an entire generation of uh, children that are looking back at this podcast as like a, a relic of the time and being like, wow, I can learn a lot from this
1: hey that's what the whole podcast is about baby being ahead of that curve being in time and space now i would uh i would be remiss if i didn't bring this up but obviously i think 2016 was kind of a watershed year where culture exploded with donald trump
0: yes it was a merging of timelines
1: and uh yeah and i i kind of feel a little bit like i fucked that up because i did a ritual in 2016 to uh (laughs) <laughs> to move to reality B and then uh, reality B thanks yeah. a lot man know, <laughs> no, I'm sorry whatever like the, the you and reality A is having a fine time so <laughs> um but so I'm curious what your thought as somebody who's thrown in the game um then and now, looking back on it, like what did you make of this weird alt right interest in memes and magic that kind of spewed out of 4chan and into the mainstream?
0: That's a okay. That's a great question, and I, I think the best framework of looking at it is 4chan being almost like a cultural hub for a very long time. I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say it is anymore, but for the for a very long time, 4chan was kind of like the last bastion of the old internet, sort of like this primordial soup that all Mm -hmm. these memes have been sitting in and fermenting in for for a decade. And, you know, Pepe, Wojak, Mm -hmm. uh, it goes on endless. There's so many memes that have originated from 4chan's, the halls of 4chan, the walls of 4chan know many secrets. And it's because of the structure, it's because of the lack of identity. It was just basically like a, 4chan was the perfect vessel for chaos magic and memetics to develop and ferment um, but now, 4 chans uh, you know, post- kind of like
1: the uh, the the Wuhan wet market of the internet. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, exactly. It is the
0: yeah. It is the it is the Wuhan wet foods market of the internet. Yeah, and it's you know you've got all these things originating from 4chan that have been fermenting for years. Like uh, you know, it's crazy. Even like the idea of like the wizard, right? The wizard on 4chan. If you study like the 4chan mm-hmm. uh, symbology, is like you know someone who doesn't have sex until they're 30 and they gain magical powers yeah so you know it's kind of you know
1: (laughs) know i always i always know when i'm uh dealing with nerds it's it's funny because they're trying to make fun of me a wizard who fucks a lot by like bringing up this weird internet joke about virgins and i'm like i think like you're kind of showing your own cards here because yeah
0: yes the universe is a mirror right yeah
1: it's that and then what's the other one about like i put on my wizard robe and hat that that old um some sort of like chat room joke, but I remember talking to a bunch of engineers and they were all like, you're a wizard. <laughs> I put on my wizard robe and hat. And I was like, all right, these, you see, yeah, that, which that one made it a little bit me. Yeah. yeah.
0: It, it, it exposes where they're at. Right. And they're, they're, uh, you know, what meme that they're latching onto. And that's what I was saying about like the, the ability to vibe is your ability to sort of auto fix between all the different interpretations and connections that mm, memes have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in like a clinical and objective manner. Like that's like the science of it, right? Because a lot of people, they get, you know, they'll look at things like 4chan and they'll say, you know, the media told me 4chan is this. Uh, You know, my uncle told me 4chan is this. And he gets all of these uh Q drops from 4chan. And then you've got oh, yeah. your, you've got your, uh, you know, <laughs> you've got all these different people that go on 4chan. But it's, it, it, 4chan, I think is very difficult to try to put under one label because in many ways it is the embodiment of the Dionysian chaotic energy of the internet. By trying to define 4chan, all you do is, basically project your own right your own meaning like as you're saying like those engineers you know that say that you know when they talk about the wizard they have this interpretation and then you talk to someone and they've got the virgin interpretation and then you've got some people that have the pondering the orb some people Mm -hmm. that have dumbledore those are all memetic connections and the the ability of the wizard is to be able to auto fix between all these different interpretations while having an understanding of you know of it, but not really falling for it, right? And if you do fall for it, it's in an intentional way, you know. It's it's all about the intention of navigating those waters. But I, I you know, I, I think in many ways after 2016, you know, I, this is a controversial take, I will say, but I do think 2016, I think Donald Trump becoming president is a direct uh, byproduct of the memes that occurred on 4chan in 2016. You know, people can call it Russian propaganda. I don't support Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I'm not into politics, but I think clinically. Uh, my analysis as a as a memetic expert if you want to call me that i, I do believe that it is undeniable to say that the the memes had no effect cuz a lot of people they'll say oh it was all russian inf- misinformation and i'm sure it was i think all the intelligence agencies try to meme but none of them are very good at doing organic memes the big thing about 2016 was just the amount of just organic memetic potential that was surrounding donald trump you know if you in the beginning of the election nobody thought he was going to win he was even projected to win the the the, the primary or right, the general totally. right he he was, you know, getting like 1% of the polls at the beginning, but it was just because he fit this role and I, Donald Trump is a person. He's an opportunist, right? He's a businessman. He sees opportunity. He takes it. He's kind of, you know, he's a con artist. He's a grifter. So mm-hmm. he saw all this memetic potential well, not fully understanding it, but he played into it. You know what I mean? He 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 acted as a vessel for the memes that were generating around him that he fully did not understand. Like he doesn't know what a Pepe is, but he's sharing Pepe on Twitter just because he has this intuition that shows him, you know, embrace the memes. That's what he does. You know, people say whatever they want about him, and he tries to play it off and deflect it. And it's like he did. He just he rode the meme Caliuga. You know, the meme, the mimetic potential.
1: Well, he. I mean, I think yeah, he liked seeing things that were about him, and then you know, a bunch of people we oh, yes. about it. I'm like, Oh, this is great. Yeah. How could this yeah, not be great? It,
0: it feeds the narcissistic, uh, cult of personality as well. So it was basically just like a, a perfect storm of, you know, uh, you know, foreign intelligence, domestic intelligence, disruptors, shit posters, and, uh, you know, people that actually support Donald Trump, you know, I hate to say it, but you fell for the meme.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, and I think, I think so. I think. One of my favorite things is reading history where when you get that zoomed out long view, you see something Mm -hmm. different. I think elections are so fascinating because it's all of this chatter. It's all of this horse race analysis about this thing and that thing and this candidate soundbite and this event and blah, 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 blah. And then several years out, you look back and they're like, oh, yeah, it was about economics. Like the one party (laughs) was in power. The economy was bad. Therefore, all of these people won their races. Like whatever the candidate was on the whole, like these larger issues are what what changed it. And so what I'm curious about, and I I don't have an answer. I don't know. I don't expect you to have one. But were the memes the mover or were they just ripples on the water? Was there a troll energy that was emerging where a lot of people were kind of like fed up and Mm disgruntled and, you know, some people yeah. just want to watch the world burn. And there was, it was enough exactly of that. That. It, that. It was
0: exactly that. You know, when you say, you know, the world history, when you look back like that, and you're able to see like this condensed version of history where it's like, oh, it's the economy, right? That is just, uh, that is one interpretation. History is much more of a genealogy of many different interpretations coming together to form what actually occurred under what degree. Like that's something that Michel Foucault was big about, a postmodern mm-hmm. philosopher. You know, he's saying... There is not history. There's genealogies of time. And it's, you know, if you talk to an an economist, of course, they're going to tell you that it's the economy. If you talk to a political analyst, they're going to say it's the politics. And if Mm -hmm. you talk to a meme magician, they're sure as hell going to tell you it's the memes.
1: Right. Exactly,
0: and I'm and I'm gonna and I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna tell you it's the memes. The memes are the art. They're the expression of the zeitgeist. They're the mm. expression of the shared collective human soul. And people wanted to get Donald Trump into this the White House just to, to disrupt this system. That's what I believe. I'm not a politics person. I don't follow fucking uh, you know what his politics are. I believe the intention from the beginning. As someone that was on the, I was in the trenches of the meme war. Mm -hmm. The goal from the beginning was to meme him, to meme Donald Trump into the White House to disrupt the Western political power system. And, you know, it's caused this giant effect because, you know, Trump is he's an elite, right? He's going to play. He did not ask for this role. That's why it's out of control when the memes get involved. And the last thing I want to say about 4chan and the 2016 election, the reason why I know for undeniable fact that it is memes That were the most central player is after 2016, the entire board is entirely AstroTurf, the entire the entire website.
1: Oh, wow. The
0: bots and everything after after 2016, it was only after 2016 is when you saw that all these fake uh, psyops like QAnon and all this shit started propagating was after 2016 because it they needed to AstroTurf the memetic potential that 4chan was harnessing at that time with the level of organization. So now when you go on 4chan now, you know, six years later, it's all, it's 99% bots that are just generating scripts and replying to one another. And it's largely unusable. Like it, you can still find threads that are real people engaging with each other, but it's only after you've trained your eye to identify, you know, the scripts that are being used by bots because there's bots and like the bot farms, right? Like thousands of different bot accounts that are being controlled by an interface. Then Mm -hmm. there's also people that are uh, literal paid shills that intelligence agencies of governments and private companies, they exist. They're called, you know, they're information agencies uh, that are hired by political super PACs. They'll go on there to shill specific narratives uh, just to keep it all astroturfed. And if anything actually does happen, you will not hear about it on 4chan anymore. So the magic on 4chan largely has been sapped after the 2016 election because the 2016 election is when I believe the power institution, the power dynamic, right? The the eye at the top of the pyramid, the the people, the elite, they, they realize the power of memetics, which they have overlooked for so long. Because, you know, they see the internet as a great way of controlling people, but it's really chaotic and you cannot it's like opening Pandora's box. And you know what I mean? If you open that, you might get uh, a steak salesman grifter as the president <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: it makes me think of seattle in like 1993 when you know it had a cool local music scene and then nirvana blew up and then suddenly it's full of reporters and mtv spring break kind of things that are like we're here to talk about grunge and everyone's like oh i think i think you just killed grunge like I think it's no, and that's, that's, <laughs> a, that's
0: how a lot of people will look at me they'll say oh i'm out here explaining me magic and talking about because like the you know originally the rule of 4chan was you never would go on 4chan? You'd never talk about 4chan. Like if yeah, yeah, talking about 4chan is like breaking the fourth wall. So, uh, but now it's like you know, uh, I largely as as someone who I am, uh, I see 4chan as a great way to do research on the internet. Mm-hmm. If you have got thick skin and you can tolerate all of the the insanity that dwells there, because it's like it's like the wild wild west, and it's not for everyone. It's for it's for people that are uh, that can navigate those waters without you know, because it takes an effect on you. It certainly does. But, you know, breaking that fourth wall, and I I see it as it's it's like the platform itself is entirely dead now, because of the amount of bots that are now propagating it.
1: Which, yeah, I mean, I think like this ecosystem metaphor is so perfect, because you have ecosystems that are more aggressive and intense and, you know, full of things that to a larger animal would be incredibly toxic. But that's where that innovation comes from, and then eventually makes its way out.
0: Those mutations, right? They're disturbing exactly. and they're they're unsettling. But you know, it's all about an uh, integration of your shadow, like 4chan and you know websites of the like, right? The the anonymity of the internet is the the shadow of the collective unconsciousness that many people try to reject and they try to say isn't there. And you know, I'm just my only my my persona. The shadow doesn't exist, right? But 4chan is the and websites alike, right? I, I think Telegram, in many ways, is like kind of like a new incarnate of Four Chan because it's yeah. it's a decentralized platform. There's no moderation, there's no censorship, and you can uh, go on there and chat anonymously, or they claim, right?
1: Well, and that's I think that's the new trend is the the dark socials where people are moving off of the giant public, everyone can see you platforms yeah. into private discords and Telegram threads yes. and all these other you know con- smaller conversations. We're hiding out in pockets because we realize that maybe we don't want the watchful eye or the chance of like <laughs> having some dumb thing we said go viral and getting canceled, like always present.
0: Mm-hmm. I think like the, like the commercialization of like social media being, you know, you show your face, you add your friends, you do all of this. That is an outdated Structure. That's why Facebook is hurting so bad to try to come up with the next big thing, which they think they're claiming is going to be their metaverse. It's because they have to tell something to their stakeholders to keep them investing and to keep them from jumping ship. And they know that Facebook is a boomer thing, and it's not going to exist because nobody wants to cling on to this government identity that is your social security number and your yep. the things that you don't even control. You didn't name yourself. well, you may have named yourself. We talked about that earlier, but <laughs> you know the government gives you a name, you, you you've got to run with it. But the internet gives you the power to define yourself, and you will never win a battle of class against the elite, the oppressors, if you're defining yourselves with the labels that they have assigned to you without your consent.
1: Absolutely. You
0: must learn to live in reality on your own terms. Learn to surf the Kali Yuga and become a reality-selecting wizard.
1: File the serial numbers off of your own hashtag. Um. (laughs) So Since we're not going to elect a political candidate using meme magic right now because 4chan's AstroTurf, I'm curious, uh, for the final portion of this episode, uh, we always like to do a little spell that people can use at home to bring some of this magic into their life. So what is some meme magic that you would love for the listeners out there, especially the the alpha listeners 10 years from now who are going back and rediscovering this as part of their high school paper on uh, the meme magic of the... uh, the the early twenties, uh, what's the spell that we can give them to bring a little meme magic into their world?
0: Well, the spell that I would like to give to people is to is to learn to express themselves. Uh, that, that's what that's my goal with largely everything that I like to do. Is I want to encourage people to go out and even if they've never done it before, you need to learn to express yourself because a lot of the the, the the energy that we feel, you know, some people, it it might manifest through, you know, maybe an addiction to pornography, an addiction to sex, but that sexual energy is creative energy. You just have to learn how to use it and channel it. And, you know, people, they get concerned about, you know, I'm not an artist. I don't know how to do that. I've never made a meme before. And it's simple. It's start at the very basic. Start with a top text, start with a bottom text and get yourself an image and just express yourself through that. And it will grow. You will learn how to incorporate more things. And it is like a muscle that you must exercise. And that is, it is literal alchemical. It's soul alchemy. It's mimetic soul alchemy to take the things that you are feeling and express them through the meme as the vehicle, and then go post it on maybe you know an anonymous account or an account that you brand as whatever. It can be whatever you want it to be. People don't have to know about it. People can know about it. Whatever you want, just begin and start creating and just put it out there. And you know, uh, you know, for the people that are listening, it's like you know, Pixlr is a great website to create memes for free. It's basically like a free Photoshop. It's P-I-X-L-R.com. com, and you can just make memes right off the go with that. And you know, I I think that everyone could benefit from learning how to create in whatever regard. And I think memes are a great place to start. And you might start making memes and then realize, you know, I want to make animations or I want to make skits or I want to make comics or I want to do whatever it is. Just start somewhere. If you're not making stuff, just start making stuff. You know, it doesn't take very long to make a meme. And it, it, you'll, it'll become like a, a dream journal where you'll you'll live your day and you'll have an experience and you you'll say, oh, you know, I can make a great meme about that. And then you jot it down and then you go home that night and you take you know, five extra minutes to put that on to an image and make it into something. And then bam, you've done it and you'll feel the, the, it's so cathartic. It's such a release of energy that, and it's like, again, I I believe that the energy that comes from memes is innately a sexual energy. It is an energy to create. And, you know, it's the connection with that. And I, I think that, uh, I think it's something that everyone needs. And I think it's something that it's not nurtured in our current society. They, You know, not everyone is encouraged to create. You're encouraged to go work a nine to five job and make money, but that's not you creating anything. That is you being a, a cog in this corporate machine. And that's fine. You know, we all have to pay bills, but just take that extra five minutes a day to just make one meme. Make one meme a day. That's my spell to all of you. I want you all to go out and create. And it doesn't, it's, I don't want you to agree with what I'm saying. If you, if I said something throughout this video or this podcast, that you disagree with, I want you to make a meme disagreeing with it to prove me wrong, and we'll see. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. uh, you don't even have to agree ideologically with anything I've said. But the bottom line, I want you to just see the value in creating memes because that is where it will all be hashed out, right? The the free market of ideas. Uh, you know, it's a it's a beautiful thing, and uh, you know, I think there's room for everyone in the the memetic sphere of creation.
1: Wonderful. Yeah. Go out there and make a meme. And, uh, the thought I want to leave us on is you talk about the sexual energy of memes. I think it's very, is very interesting that creative urge and how it gets channeled. And it reminds me of one of those memes that I made back at my job ages ago, where it was just, uh, a dream is an idea that you haven't fucked to completion.
0: Exactly. And don't let your dreams be memes. Make your memes into dreams. There <laughs> we know? go. Love there it. There you go. But, uh, you know, if, I, if I, I can shamelessly promote my stuff really quick before we end it, you know, yeah. my name is Oaks the Green. Uh, I'm very passionate about memes. I do a weekly podcast that you can find at www.ponderingcast.com. Me and Devin just recorded an episode for my podcast that I'll be putting out here soon. Uh, so if you want to hear more of us banter about wizard wizardry, magic and memes, you can check that out there. If you listen and to I us also, talk
1: for an hour and you're like, I wish I could hear more then there you go. Yeah, and I, you I wish talk- you could
0: hear another hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, on my website, PonderingCast.com, you can also find my Discord community where it's, uh, you know, we've got over 2,500 members and we're all passionate about meme making. That's, you know, that's what all the, the creative spirit of the memetic memetics is what connects us all in life (laughs) so you know follow if this is something that resonates with you i encourage you to check that out um you can find me on instagram twitter as oaks the green uh and it's it's been an honor chatting with you with you devon i've been i've been a fan of your work and i appreciate everything that you do and the the good vibes that you transmit out into the aether for everyone to enjoy
1: hey we're all just vibing and resonating oaks the green thank you for being on
0: it's been a pleasure pondering with you
1: For more of Oaks the Green and the meme magic he purveys, you can visit PonderingCast.com where you can check out the PonderCast, which I appeared on. So if you like Oaks and I talking, there's an hour more of that over on the PonderCast. And there you will also find a way to access the Chapel Perilous Meme Discord. And you can just follow Oaks the Green on Instagram and Twitter. And speaking of Instagram, because I do not give a fuck about Twitter, if you like my magic, follow me on Instagram. I'm at personisawake. And I'm curious how many people listen to this tail end of the episode. So if you're hearing this, DM me on Instagram and I will know that this meme was effective. So that's just a little bit of bonus magic for me that you can do that will make this wizard understand the content creation connection loop that we are all a part of creating magic together in this weird 21st century before we get our Ferengi porn-filled holodecks. So until then, we'll do it the old-fashioned way. Just remember, I believe in you, your magic is real, and your memes are too.